Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is TV worth talking about. My gut tells me we're dealing with sophisticated ones. This is Shrine Podcasts. Trigger Point. Hello and welcome to Shrine Podcast presents Trigger Point. I'm Hannah. I'm Brendan. And I'm Rebecca. And this week we had bombs on scooters, weddings, domestics and Lana Washington still refusing to take stress leave. Um, Guys, if I sound a little robotic myself, I've not been like taken over by a drone. I just can't find a really key piece of my microphone, which is excellent. Um, But we push on. And because I I mean, none of us can wait to discuss this week's... Including Suso. Suso wants to have a chat about Trigger Point as well. She's um, highly opinionated on the most recent episode, clearly. I'd say she's the same opinions as her mother. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine so. Now, to be honest, I was hoping it would get a bit better, but it has taken a bit of a Marcella-style handbrake turn. I feel like somebody else wrote this episode compared to the rest of the season. It just seems completely different to what I thought it was going to be. Like the scooters, the bloody portable toilets being driven across a field. Yeah, like, again, like, I don't hate it, but it's just not very good. I hate it. There's been a lot going on. You hate it, Hannah? I feel like Lorraine Kelly back in the day on GMTV with the dodgy link. With a bit of a delay. We do a bit. But guys, in the meantime, we have a little life catch up. How's everyone's week's been? Has anyone been doing anything? Um, My sister graduated as a nurse. So we all gathered for a lovely family meal to celebrate Roisin and her success, which was great. It was really nice to do. And um, we went for this big family lunch and... It was very reminiscent of uh, season two, episode one of Gavin and Stacey, where they all go to Capriccio's for lunch and (laughs) everyone kind of forgets what they've ordered. There's confusion between the waiter and everyone sitting down. It was just very like that. And my sister's also a big Gavin and Stacey fans. The two of us were just laughing. And at one stage, the waitress, uh, she was, you know, like, where's the rotisserie chicken? Where's the sirloin steak? Where's the this, that, the other? And my mom had ordered this kind of a... Uh, quiche kind of thing and then the waitress came along she was like where's the Mediterranean tart and right on cue my entire family went pointed at my mother and went she's sitting right there I was like yes I'm glad we all have the same terrible sense of humour 
yeah, this is very enjoyable. Uh, what about you, Reb? What have you been up to? Oh, um, you've got, yeah, well, yeah, you've got exciting news. What? What's my exciting news? Oh, Brendan's <laughs> um, pretending to drive uh, with his hands. Um, yeah, I've, I've finished my 12 compulsory driving lessons, um, which, you know, I just decided now, just before Christmas, I was like, I'm, I'm actually going to just do it next year in a few months and I'll just do it. So I haven't ran into that many curbs recently. I do get a bit distracted by cats crossing the road because I do love cats and I think they should be protected at all costs. But I am out driving and I've driven at night in the rain on the N11 which is a dual carriageway in Dublin which is that's big business now. It is. Mary and Joseph. But I've been scooting around the place and my fella downsized his car for me. Mm. which is one of the most romantic things the man's ever done. He was like, you know what? Now you'll be able to pick me up from the pub when you get the license. So um, I have a little polo. It's black. And we asked listeners of our radio show to help name the polo. And we've decided on the name Marco, which we think is adorable. <laughs> so the car is called Marco. Marco the, the polo. The way that we will name Hannah's dishwasher later. The car is Oh, yes. Name. We do have suggestions <laughs> do and updates that. on that, Hannah. Very exciting. Your, your dishwasher should be named oh, by the end of this podcast episode. Thank God. Yeah, will be. Um, so, <laughs> exactly. So basically, I've been driving around and I've been using an air fryer to cook tofu and it's really changed my life. And I also am up to date on watching Criminal Record on Apple after your guys' recommendation and I absolutely adore it. Oh my God, it's excellent. Yeah, it's so good. I, I would imagine we're going to get a season two of Criminal Record. And because Apple are really nice and they actually do one a week, maybe we might be podcasting Criminal Record and or Slow Horses in the future. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, it would be great. Um, Hannah, have you any life updates for us? No life updates really, guys. Still growing a child and yes. still ongoing bits about the house but nothing as interesting as learning how to drive that's a huge one now well i mean one could argue now that growing a child does kind of trump anything we've ever said on this entire podcast (laughs) (laughs) so there's that do you know what guys though i would love to talk about i don't know if you has anyone seen the woman on tiktok who uh is done a 50 part series called who the fuck did I marry? Every part no. being 10 minutes long. And I'm on no. part 31, which is, ter- so it's 500 minutes of content. It is the best story that's ever been told. Every video somehow ends on a cliffhanger. And like, I don't think she's like scripted this in the sense like this is her real life, but I don't think she's planned it. Like she's like driving and then she'll do like a little bit from bed. And it's basically about her ex-husband who's a pathological liar and she married him during COVID. And she's basically telling the story of what happened to her. And I went to bed last night at nine o'clock and I just sat there for two hours and I watched the first 30 episodes of this. So maybe this... Oh my god. Maybe this is the moment that I finally joined TikTok. <laughs> Honestly, it, it's it's this type of stuff that you need to be on and the comments are just so funny. So yeah, I'm I'm getting to it's getting really turned now because she's starting to figure out what he's been doing and like lies that are lies are starting to unravel. It's incredible. But like I'd say by the time we come on to record this next week, she'll have like some sort of like TV contract because it's unbelievable. Yeah. 
Oh my um, God, I'm going to watch that. It's a shame she didn't do a podcast on it or like that somebody else isn't podcasting about that. But it's probably the most entertaining to watch it for her actually telling the story of her own life. Mm. It honestly only happened four days ago, but she was like, I don't know what overtook me, but I started to keep like an audio diary during this time. So she has audio files. So I'm like, it is crying out for a contract with a podcast. Um, so let's wait and see. Shit. Wow. Oh my God. Okay, okay. I'm going to give that a go. Watch that after I finish the last episode of Criminal Record on Wednesday. I'm thrilled now I've got something else to watch. So oh, good. Just blind. Give oh. something big to watch because yeah, there's nothing else really yeah. on, guys. <laughs> no, including no, including the show we're podcasting about. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> and a, a perfect segue. Uh, who's doing the recap yes. this week? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got your thoughts and theories in a couple of minutes, but first, Reb is on your recap. Take it away, okay. bitch. Let's talk about Trigger Point episode four. It opens with Alex in a warehouse activating several cameras. We then see three of the terrorists loading up a van. Commander John Francis briefs the team about the latest attack in a government building. Um, a cabinet, cabinet minister was killed along with two civil servants, including Ollie Jenkins. So Ollie didn't make it. And they think that a device was inserted into Ollie's laptop without him knowing because he didn't have any kind of criminal record or any dodgy dealings in the past. Now, Alex then phones police HQ to warn them of another attack that's happening today involving drones and 12 IEDs. Jesus. Um, he's been asked to set up cameras to film the attack, but he doesn't seem to know specific details. However, he does later message Lana on a fake MSN messenger style link uh, to tell her that the attack is happening in the Docklands in an hour's time during rush hour. I mean, Lana and co really do not get a break. So they race to the location. Uh, all the airspace over East London has been shut down. And when she and Danny arrive in the centre of London with their anti-drone kit, they're trying to suss out what the target could be because they're surrounded by, you know, the world's top banks, many luxury apartments. So Lana is like, listen, take your pick. Commander Francis gives Lana the go-ahead to brief the team of Expos and um, all the officers about the impending bomb attack everyone is obviously ordered indoors they're off the streets they need to take cover and Lana and Hass um, they clash a bit here because he suggests what way to cover the ground or best use their resources and she's kind of like I'm in charge so a bit of tension there um, back at Terror HQ Alex now has a view of all of the cameras that he installed and they appear to be attached to moving bikes which is pretty terrifying um, suddenly Lana and co hear explosions and they're not in the air they're actually on ground level she is able to access the camera link that Alex has sent on to her and she realises that the bombs are on scooters just <laughs> as a man on one whizzes past her. <laughs> Guys, no, was it not, like, was it not immediately a bit ridiculous? Yes, a bit. Yeah. But also, I'm not going to look at a scooter the same again. I didn't like them anyway. Yeah, okay, fair. I don't like the e-scooters. I think they just go too fast. I can't cope. So Lana screams at everyone to get back. She frantically warns a woman on a scooter about the bombs. But the woman has headphones on and she doesn't hear Lana. She's and got the noise cancellation on. Suddenly, the scooter bomb explodes. The noise cancellation was very good, but this is not very good for this woman. Danny rushes to help Lana off the ground after the explosion. And there is this awful shot, guys. <laughs> yeah. like, horrendous. Unnecessary. Horrendous shot of this woman's burnt arm. It's like a charged claw. 
No, it's absolutely <laughs> unnecessary. Reminded me of Pepperami. <laughs> what do they say that Elton John's hands are like? No. Chipolatas. Yeah. And uh, Peter Prince Andre with Qu- the wagon. King Charles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing, yeah. King Charles has sausages for fingers as well. God. Oh, my God. Okay, anyway, it was absolutely <laughs> awful. So... Afterwards, as ambulance staff treat those injured, Lana screens a call from her mum. I mean, the mum has been trying to ring her so many times and she's screening another call because Sonia has come over to check on her. And Sonia's just like, are you okay, hon? You're dealing with a lot after Tom, but I'm always here for you. Commander Francis then trots over, right? And he's like, I need a full report for the home sec ASAP. And he's he says to Lana here, finally, you know what? If you want to take a t- day off, like you can if you need to. Finally. And like, no, no, I'm fine. I'll be back mm. today. I'll have that report for you, which is just outrageous. Like, she's been involved in so many different explosions now within the space of two weeks. Um, Lana's mum then does call again. And as Lana's leaving, she's like, here, I, I'll swing by the house on the way back because I, I will, I'm heading that way, but I'm not staying long or whatever. So Lana then arrives home and she hears her mum crying to her dad about how he acts as if he hasn't lost a son. Her dad argues that sitting in a room upstairs isn't healthy either. And Lana's dad then reveals to her that the mum wants a divorce. Um, and the mum brings up how the dad's always hiding away in Lana's house. And there's a bit of a domestic here. Lana's like, do you know what? It's okay if people need space. The mum then gets thick with Lana saying, oh, you know, you'd know about space. And, uh, the mum breaks down and says that they both just left her on her own drowning in grief and that all she ever wanted was for Billy to be the man that he could have been and um, says that Billy was a boy he wasn't tough like Lana Lana shouts at the parents and says they all tried with Billy but he wasn't well he was ill and she says can we all stop blaming each other and start looking after each other and loving each other a bit of an emotional scene now between um, the three of them I have to say Vicky McClure really is the best thing about this show do you know yes yeah, she 100%. makes it believable mm. so Lana then heads back to the office and Hass starts having a go at her because he's like you're meant to be the senior officer in charge and you're taking risks and racing towards someone who was on a scooter with a bomb on it, do you know? And Lana thinks that Hass is kind of annoyed that she's in charge, but actually he's like, the number one cause of deaths of Expos in the field is complacency and that, you know, she needs to look after herself and she's been on a crusade since she lost her brother and Tom. Um, so Hass, I do think Hass is one of the good guys, to be honest with you, but sure, you never know these days. There's not many characters left. <laughs> we then, find out that the terrorists have since posted another video online and this one features a private jet and a yacht with the message the rich don't work for you don't work for them it then shows footage of three people on the scooters right before the bombs uh, that went off earlier on so you know they've got that footage it's the same people and the message the kingdom must fall flashes on the screen uh, Batra briefs the team the devices used on the scooter earlier on I mean they were activated by phone IEDs so they put one in a laptop now they're using phones and um, yeah they've just gotten more complex and whatnot. so they're stepping things up the commander says you know he doesn't really trust this Alex fella because he only gives them the intel you know at the last minute and that him saying that it was drones actually cost them lives so he's wondering is Alex playing them all together Lana tries to stand up for Alex saying that you know he's he's been very brave putting his life at risk um 
but the commander gets really annoyed with Lana here and he says actually you're here as an expo not a detective so leave it up up to us um, and that she'd be very naive to uh, trust Alex because he's very much still a suspect in the loo then afterwards Helen approaches Lana I'm like well everyone leave that woman alone I'd just be <laughs> like I need five seconds for a quick wee and to just decompress after I nearly was blown up in a bomb earlier on but anyway Helen's actually trying to be nice here um, and she tells Lana that she basically needs to kind of De de deal with Francis differently, Commander Francis. So she needs to act like the sun shines out of his ass. Instead of picking fights with him, she needs to basically um, make him feel like her ideas are his. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That's basically that's basically how to deal with them. He doesn't like to be contradicted or given out to on the spot. And Lana's not pleased with Helen here, but she does kind of take her advice in this next scene. Do you know that way? Um, but Helen's clearly upset about Tom and she's like, oh, Tom, that's what he did with Francis. He won him over even though he didn't like him because Tom was smart. So I think it's just a bit of a nod to her missing Tom and whatnot, you know, that way. Um, meanwhile, Batra has Alex back on the phone and Alex is saying that the terrorists are now talking about another attack that's going to be even bigger. And Lana here lays out the clues. She says the big house, the crown and glory, the kingdom must fall. And then Commander Commander Francis has a light bulb moment and says they must consider Buckingham Palace. Um, he runs off now to tell the commissioner. And Helen, though, takes a second and she says, hang on a second, what if the palace is a deliberate red herring? And Lana suddenly, very conveniently, looks at a map of where the earlier attack was in the financial district mm. and realises that it was actually more organised than they all thought. Um, it's beside Bullion Wharf, which is a place that Batra says seems public, but actually uh, privately owned by corporations. And this one is owned by a renowned brokerage firm called Hancock Seal and Pool that are <laughs> leading the charge among financial giants. They buy up land and properties to grow their investment and their worth billions. Um, it's just all too can be like just oh yeah i mean That's even cool. sherlock wouldn't deduce that do you know exactly it was just a bit too convenient there yeah it was too yeah it was a bit do you mm. know where is the feedback on the script guys like how does this get to the point where they're like yeah let's make it i don't know it's just gone a bit, I don't know if we needed a second season. Do you know that way? I'd and, say maybe the first one did well and they're like, do another season and then they had to just kind of make it work. Yeah, and I, don't, I, I really feel like we won't be getting a third. Yeah, I wouldn't say so. So back to HSP for a second. That rings a bell for Helen suddenly. And... Uh, She's like, that's one of the firms behind the Gratia Global Analytics. It's owned by Webster King, right? It's actually under investigation for bribery because um, it had taken government bailouts, but also it had pocketed £2.4 billion. Um, so yeah, Webster King now wouldn't be very liked. And he's the target. And Batra reveals that Webster himself actually is getting married that day in Hertfordshire. So he's not in London. And Lana is like, hang on a second all the billionaires and the cabinet ministers are going to be at that wedding. Um, 
Commander Francis is back in the room now and he's like, right, I'll bring Hass with me to the Cobra meeting and uh, I'm going to talk to the commissioner and the home sec. So Lana and co now, you go off to that country manor, but you're representing the Metropolitan Police Service, so tread carefully. The man is like Mrs. Bouquet, isn't he? Obsessed <laughs> with keeping up appearances, that man. <laughs> he really Great is. reference, yeah. So... Off they go to a very glamorous country manor. Lana, Danny and Helen. They tell officers at the event that they believe that it's a target of a violent terrorist group. There's a very tall man called Mac there who says he's in charge. And he's like, hang on a second. You know, he insults them saying that they're the B team because the SIO <laughs> isn't there. And he's also like, I've been here. 24 hour surveillance, metal detectors. And there's no chance that an IED would have been planted in here without me knowing. But little does he know that there actually is one in there. So anyway, Helen is like, I need to investigate, not evacuate. They go inside the venue. Lana starts inquiring about a cake delivery. I honestly thought here the the bomb was going to be inside the wedding. So did I. I thought the same. Yeah. I'd say that was a script revision there. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I say they said no. Don't put it in the cake. Put it in the shitter. So <laughs> they go in. What did you say, Anna? Script revision in this show. <laughs> so they they go into the dinner room and the groom's actually giving a speech here. Um, and he's like, oh, don't mind. My security are just doing a few checks. Nothing to worry about. I would have been out the door of that if that had happened. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, they, they then don't find anything in that main room. The bridal and groom's party go off to get a few pics outside. And um, Mac actually tells um, Vicky McClure's character, Lana, to fuck off here at one point. Very rude. But anyway, on the way out of the venue. What was the, what was the really good line in line of duty with fake Kate? It was fake Kate, Kate and Steve. And they were like, was there something like, don't tell me what, to, oh my God. Stop making a tit. Titty yourself, yourself and piss off. That yes, was it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so on the way out of the venue, um, Lana spots a sign for staff toilets and she's like, hang on now. So she decides to head into the jacks where she finds two cubicles that are out of order with their doors bolted shut. Oh shit, literally. Uh, She crawls (laughs) underneath the trailer and opens a shaft with a screwdriver that Danny's given her and she finds a timer-based IED and there's enough explosives to take out the whole building. The tall man and co quickly evacuate all of the wedding guests. Lana then runs to the wedding car. She also very cleverly checks underneath all the other cars to make sure there's no other bombs underneath. she grabs the wedding car. It's a jeep decorated in flowers. She reverses it. was very it. Zach Dingle from Emmerdale. Like, very Zach Dingle. I don't know who that is, Brendan, but I'm sure it's very a good reference. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I haven't watched Emmerdale me now at all, do you know? I was more of an EastEnders and Corrie girl growing up. Mm. But anyway, love that for you. Um, <laughs> Lana gets the, the car. She reverses it. Um, and Danny attaches the toilet trailer to the Jeep. With 40 seconds to go, Lana drives the toilet bomb away from the building into a field. 10 seconds left now. She jumps out uh, of a moving truck, runs for her life, and the whole thing then explodes. And it's a weird, gammy, huge, massive boom. But I actually thought it would be bigger from what they'd said. Yeah, so she said there was enough explosives to blow up the whole building, right? Second point, she absolutely bombs it across, pardon the pun, bombs it across a field with this trailer full of explosives on the back. Have we not learned from other episodes of Trigger Point that if you destabilize a bomb, 
it's going to blow the fuck up. So we've that rule's gone out the window. And then third of all, someone who's so highly trained as Lana Washington, when she does eventually decide, I've driven it far away enough and I'm going to run away, even though I have four seconds to get away from this bomb that's so big it can blow up the entire building, so I'm definitely going to die. Instead of running the quickest way away from the trailer, she actually runs past where she's driven and she to get past it she drives she runs past the trailer instead of immediately in the opposite direction she goes around the fucking thing it was very much just dramatic uh, you know they just wanted all that in for dramatic purposes they wanted her to have Jesus this mission impossible Christ. james bond you know run away from the vehicle just in the nick of time kind of yeah thing. run away from it not towards it towards it yeah fuck it's me just, yeah so Anyway, she she saves the day in the nick of time with seconds to go. And um, I did think for a second she might have been a goner or seriously injured. But she's well, they've blown not. everyone else up. So, I mean, why not? But like, there's not a bother on her. And she jokes with Danny afterwards that he better have some decent fireworks at his wedding in a few weeks time <laughs> or probably days time at this point. I was like, that not was a good line. Bother. And we also finally got a reference to Danny's upcoming <laughs> wedding. Right. True, true. Okay, so Commander Francis then arrives and tells the groom, Webster, that uh, himself and his guests are all very fortunate because the bomb removed by his team would have killed everyone. And Francis then introduces Lana to Mr. King and says, you know, he actually says, thank you for your service, Lana. But very suddenly he starts going on about how they arrived late and how the Land Rover <laughs> that she drove away in with the bomb on it actually belonged to his grandfather and it meant a great deal to them. So Webster King is a prick. Oh, he was you know? rude. Like, so rude. Oh. Yeah. Um. Lana explains to uh, the commander and to Helen that the bomb was a basic timer switch. There was loads of ammo, so the terrorists are becoming more and more ambitious each time. Um, And the commander is like, right, I've had enough. Alex is getting arrested and I might get him to wear a wire. And Lana is like, that's a mistake. But the commander is like, do you know what? Now, no, this has gone too far. They're literally outrageous. They're trying to kill people constantly. Um. Lana heads home now after a very long day, guys. I mean, she has dealt with bombs on scooters. She has dealt with uh, bombs in a toilet at a wedding. And there's actually Alex waiting for her on the stairs of her apartment building. I'd say she's wrecked, but Alex is there. He's frantic, begging for her help. He says that Lana is the only one that can save him, only her. And he's like, by the way, I've actually been tracking you ever since you gave me your phone number. Now, she is like, am I safe? Does anyone else know my location or address or whatever? And he says she is, he's the only one. But I really now think that... That's not the case. And I'd worry now severely about Lana. And I'd also worry about her parents as well because she was in the parents' house earlier. Do you know that way? Mm. That mum will be tied to a radiator before we know it. Oh, yeah, with a collar bomb on. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Alex is like, Lana, you need to stop these people. You need to not call this into the police and you need to give me a chance. And we do learn about Alex's backstory here, finally. Um, he says he was normal and happy. He had a family, a wife, a daughter, an engineering job. But then two years ago, his daughter died uh, at the age of 13. She was being bullied online and they didn't realise. She had started self-harming and the tech companies didn't care because they only care about money. Um, their algorithms felt, fed her illness and she 
she ended up taking her own life. Um, the police didn't do anything about it. His marriage then broke down. He lost his job and his friends. And then when he was at his lowest, he came across a cyber group that was fighting against big tech and big businesses and standing up for the little guys. So this is how he got involved with them they exposed secret files they sabotaged corrupt businesses and they transferred their money to deserving causes um he says it was just justice or revenge um but no one really seemed to notice so the group decided to cross the line into the real world and they started doing bombs murdering people destruction all of that he says that the guys are very clever um and that many more people are going to die before they stop them so basically he's like I'm going to be the fall guy if the police screw this up because that's what happens when you look like me and Lana is like why do you trust me and nobody else in the world and he says it's because you're not a cop and um, she does warn him that he could get killed with all of this outing all of this um, and he says that maybe he could do some good in bringing these people down so Alex says that if he doesn't make it through, tell them that Benjamin Muda was uh, one of the good guys. And he says that he's trusting her, um, but she can't give his real name to the police um, and that he only wants to deal with her. So Lana asks him to tell her everything he knows. And Alex says that they're actually planning something else right now, another attack. He doesn't know what it is, but it's something terrifying and they won't stop. No one in this city is safe. We then get a shot of a bomb maker putting a bomb into an IED, uh, sorry, putting an IED into a teddy. And that is the end of episode four of season two of Trigger Point. There's going to be another attack involving a teddy. Well done on the recap, Reb. Fair play to you. Um, yeah, so it looks like they're like those, do you remember the Build-A-Bear shops that were in like all the shopping centres? Doesn't it look like yeah. them? That, and you could record your little message into yeah. I thought they were cute. Yeah. So it looks like they're putting bombs into build a bears now. Yeah. So they're targeting probably the children, which is it's awful. All of it's awful. All but, of it is uh, awful. Yeah. I can't believe that there is another two episodes of this now. <laughs> and on that note, we'll have your thoughts and theories after this. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Um, okay, I've got your thoughts and theories uh, for um, episode... That was episode four, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Maddie is up first. And Maddie has some thoughts on Oliver's death from the last episode. Hi guys, Maddie here. I've always been a dedicated listener since the cease and desist days. Good times. So, I really love the theory of Dick of the Day getting dumped off. However, poor, poor Oliver. He was not a dick. I was really invested in his little love story. But maybe he was a dick, because who in London thinks that somebody's just going to come along and have a casual chat with you just because they want to? It's never happened in London, so he should have been a bit sus. But anyway, loved him, gutted he got killed off. Bye. Bye. Um, Yeah, I really liked Oliver as well for the brief moment that he was in the show. Yeah, I feel like they could have introduced Oliver in for longer, that Hope was trying to woo him for longer and we were really Mm. invested, do you know that way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Paddy's also been on and Paddy says he really needs a box of wine. (laughs) Hi guys, it's Paddy here. I've just finished listening to your podcast on the third episode of Trigger Point. And all I have to say is, oh my God, this show is ridiculous. I honestly don't know how I'm going to watch the rest of it during Lent as I'm off alcohol. And I feel like I might need to save it for the end of uh, until after Easter, uh, except I probably won't go back to it. So I will keep going because you will keep going. So thank you. Oh, Lana, she needs to take a break and she needs to go away from London because everyone in London who's connected to her keeps dying. And on the subject of which, Thom, let's stop pretending that this is a great tragedy. Thom is a thumb. That's a shout out to your series one recaps. He was a thumb all through series one. His car, the actor's character was a thumb in Happy Valley and a thumb in Trigger Point or Boiling Point. And he was a thumb in this until he got Drake Remoraid. And the only thing sweeter would have been if he'd actually soiled himself while standing on that pressure plate. Uh, it's kind of all I have at the moment, except I also have to say I am dying for a spin-off uh, series of feud, glamorous uh, journalist lady versus Jill Bigelow. Make it happen. That would be a great show. See you next week. That would be amazing. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that would. That's a great shout. Jill Bigelow and the glam newswoman from the last episode of this. Oh my God, it would be absolutely amazing. Mm. Yeah, guys, no, this is just taking a bit of a turn, but it wasn't the term that we wanted. No, you know? no, but we're sure finding... Up, listen. It's entertainment. Um, it entertainment. You've also been emailing us, strongpod at gmail.com. Rob Watson says, you mentioned Hope turning up in the cafe and that we didn't know who she was, but we have seen Hope before because Rob says she was the fake firefighter. Rob says she was wearing a balaclava type thing so you couldn't see her full face. But he says she's got very distinctive cheekbones. If you watch Tom's death scene again, you'll see what I mean. 
I didn't notice that. Oh, Rob then yeah. says, plus... If you look on IMDb, Beth Ann Cullinan is down as appearing in five episodes in total, which means she must have appeared in one of the first two episodes, which confirms it for me. And so, if I'm right, does that mean that Tom's epitaph will be, it's the hope that kills you? No, stop. But also, she is she the woman who was either in the car? No, she's not the woman who was in the car in the car park. Was she the woman who lived with, the, with uh, Daddy Freyer? I don't I, I, I don't no. think so But Every I time I see a woman I'm like that's hope Don't quote me It wouldn't be like us To no, get confused Characters Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Asquith's yeah, thank you. Asquith has also emailed us and says, uh, thank you all so much. The podcast is great. You're all fantastic. Love it, love it, love it. There was nothing about the show in Asquith's email, but I said I'd read it anyway. Um, oh, thanks. Thank you. Uh, you've been DMing us on Instagram. We are at Try and Pod there as well. Jane Sullivan says, um, Alex said at the end of the episode, no one in this city is safe. Uh, he should have said no one near Lana is safe, which is a very fair point. Fair. Uh, Kate Darlington says, is Lana a terrorist or incompetent? Um, P.S. Tom Thumb and the Discounted Ham is still the best episode ever. And if I'm feeling down, I listen to it. It still makes me cry laughing. <laughs> I must give that another listen now the next time. I'm not I have, I have listened back to that several times. It's, it's still, even though it's us talking, like it's, I'm listening to ourselves. <laughs> It makes me laugh as well. Uh, so, Kate, thank you so much for your message. Uh, Claire Luck says, I can't, I love this. Claire Luck says, I can't believe you find this less believable than Vigil. I couldn't even make it through the end of Wuhan. I think she means Wujan. Wujan. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had a great run of it now, guys, of quality of shows that we've chosen. Apart from I, Traitors was great. Traitors was great. I didn't love Woodyan at all. No, it was like it, like a shit, shitty sandwich where the two bits on either side were shite, but the middly bit was good. Thank God for Claudia Winkleman is all we can say. Um, you've right. also been tweeting us at Shrine Pod. Amy says, "I swear Shrine Pod is the only reason I'm watching this anymore." Does anyone know what on earth is actually going on? Right. Why are the other officers suddenly blaming Lana, and why are they blowing up scooters? I can't believe this is by the same people as Line of Duty. Uh, that's from Amy. Amy, thank you for that. Elaine Vaughn says, just listen to your pod. Excellent episode as always, lads. And so pleased I'm on the same page as you. It's not very good, is it? And I won't be watching season three, but the pod is great. Elaine, I can't imagine we'll have the option of watching a season three. I wouldn't have thought. I don't think it'll be happening. I wouldn't say so. But then, do you know what? Maybe people love this and we just are Perhaps. used to... Maybe yeah. we maybe we have no taste. Uh, Maureen Flynn says, just watched episode three and listened to your pod today. And I am shook that you guys didn't mention immunity. Uh, she says it came up with Helen and the creepy dude in the French interview. Well, we missed that one, didn't we? Oh, we did. Mm. Sorry about that. Immunity. Um, <laughs> uh, Laura Martinez says, watching episode three now, why aren't they using bomb sniffing dogs? Yeah, they've had no dogs in this. Yeah. Uh, Kirsty H. Hannah Fuman over the episode is all of us. Even after her recap, I was barely the wiser over the plot. I was screeching through your episode, though. Boxes of wine all round, lads. 
Um, Stephen Ferns says it's not good when your recaps are better than the actual episode it's just a bit of a shit show really isn't it do you think Vicky McClure said she'd do a second series as long as she was in every single scene Lana needs some kind of return to work capability interview with HR um, thank you for your thoughts and theories thank mostly you so much. mostly thoughts this week and um, just before we wrap up uh, Hannah you recently moved into your new home, your first home. You've got a dishwasher that uh, was beeping. Has, has the beeping stopped? Yeah, I figured out what that was, but what's now started, and I actually can't apologise enough because it's a shit show. Can you hear that? You hear Sorry, that? what is happening? <laughs> That's the neighbours. So guys, you're going to have to take over the end of this podcast. I like, actually, ah. a- anything like noise related that could have gone wrong actually has. And I yeah. Apologise enough. That. <laughs> That's your neighbours. I can't hear. My neighbours have moved in and are just drilling the uh, the wall that we share between our terraced house that started exactly when we started recording this. Just oh do God. they not know you're a professional podcaster? I mean, Brendan, I'm going to have to pop around. But look, um, I know has stopped beeping only to be replaced by the building work next door. Okay, stay with us. Right, I'm going to really quickly go through them. Okay, so Mags says, um, oh, sorry. First of all, Mags emailed us and the subject line of Mags' email was, you made me have a drink (laughs) midweek. You're welcome, Mags. (laughs) Mags has suggested the dish bitch for the dishwasher name, right? Which is really good. (laughs) Cormac Kennedy has suggested Lana Dishwasherington. That's good. This and then Jen named after this show. Are you joking me? Absolutely not. Okay. Okay. And I was gonna. I placed this one third and finally because I thought it might have been the best. Uh, Jennifer Noble says wash, as in Lana and the job that it does, which I thought was excellent. But if you don't want to be reminded of this TV show, maybe you want to go with the dish bitch. Okay, I oh, love I them like all, the dish, and it's absolutely dish. nothing on the creativity. It's just I can't. I can't be reminded about this show so dish <laughs> bitch it is okay Very well done good. mags thank the you tagline can be have, shine of duty yes have oh excellent rep mags have another midweek oh, drink there now to celebrate naming hannah's dishwasher fair play to you mags do we need to give mags a prize guys yeah mags, uh, she can pour pour yourself a midweek drink love or email yeah, us mags, and tell us what you'd like podcast yeah. If you want something specific, maybe let us know. Um, guys, that's the end of the podcast. I am so sorry for the very poor audio performance on my behalf. Can't apologise for the show because that's not our responsibility, but I'd love to be able to. Um, please do get in touch with us at trimepod at gmail.com with all your lovely thoughts and theories or at trimepod on the socials. And you can send us in voice notes, trimepodcast.com on our lovely website. And we will be back covering episode five, reluctantly, uh, next Wednesday. This is TV worth talking about. My gut tells me we're dealing with sophisticated problems. This is Shrine Podcasts. Trigger point. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.